0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers Podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, of this wonderful podcast. And join me on the other line from the Westside Indianapolis News and Forbes.com. Mr. Tony East Tony. Pacers went two and one this week. Are you doing as well as they did as they played this week?
1: I am doing really well. I had a good weekend. Uh it was super good weather in India. I hope everybody got to enjoy some outside time and the city was popping. Uh, the COVID is trending up finally. People are doing better. It's it's a good time to be me.
0: Yeah. I mean, besides the, the for me, the allergy season that is the spring. Spring's always the best time here for me. <laughs> you and my
1: girlfriend both. Yep.
0: But yeah, things are looking good. Pacers playing better. You know, we might we're getting more and more fans at sporting events and you know, the 500s coming up soon. So good, good days for, in, for Indianapolis right now. Um, but I guess we wanted to start with something not good. <laughs> I something I not as good <laughs> to just take the complete 180. And that is TJ Warren was officially announced out for the rest of the season. Uh, there were some early reports from maybe I think early last week that he could return by maybe like May time. That's obviously being ruled out now. So there was not an expectation that he would play pretty much any significant amount of games this regular season, but there was a thought, could you get him for a playoff run? That's out of the question right now. It affects this team, but they also played that in for what, 40 something games now. So it's not yeah. anything different than we've seen. It's a 40 on the dot. Yeah. Yeah. It does lower their ceiling though. And that I think is sort of the, maybe the, the worst part of this. Cause if it, it feels like this team is starting to get a little momentum and without him, I feel like he could be the final piece to push them to a little bit higher level. And they might be kind of stuck right now at, you know, a
1: luck, lucky to win basically a in game or two. Yeah. For, for those who weren't in our locker room chat last week, which if you aren't, you should, they're fun and live. And and if you, you can just chat with us, you can just talk to us. It's cool. Um, We talked about the Warren injury the day they announced it. And I think the ceiling thing is the biggest thing that stuck out to us is the as the impact, because like you said, they've already played 40 games with Adam and Jay Michael reported in the star earlier this month. Right. Like you just referenced, they didn't expect him back to like May playoff time anyway. So the regular season plan is basically the same, right? They're going to keep going with the same general rotation that they would have had Aaron holidays, their emergency minutes guy, right? They've got all that in place. They know how good that will be. The playoffs, though, they maybe were thinking, okay, once this guy's integrated and maybe we get a few regular season games or maybe the play-in games that we're in, and then we're who knows, we have this other guy, though, that can help us that's really good, right? He was their best player in the bubble last year because Sabonis wasn't there, and honestly, even if Sabonis was there, if he played like that, Warren would have been much better. They don't have that anymore. They have no – they don't have that. So they can still be good, right? We, we just saw them have their first – like you said before we started recording, on their first winning record week in forever – So, like, they're they're rounding into form a little bit. Um, They're playing better since Karis came back. But we'll never get to evaluate Karis with Warren this season, and we won't get to see them hit their ceiling because who knows what kind of impact he would have had. But peaking in the playoffs with him was basically the allure of thinking he might come back this year. So that is is definitely the biggest loss.
0: Yeah, and my biggest concern now is when you miss a full year of basketball with the trajectory that Warren was on, and it maybe wasn't going to be this. You know, all NBA type player, but I felt like he had made a little bit of a leap in the bubble, and he could like compete for an All Star spot and be a legitimate, you know, I don't know, top ten small forward in the league just because he was come became a better defender, still with the twenty points a game almost, and that that's a pretty you know good level to be at for a guy that's his size in that position. And I'm concerned now with the year gone, did that set him back? Did he come back as the same player, you know? Yeah, how does that affect things? And oh, maybe it won't, but it's certainly concerning because for this team to even come close to maybe touching a first round series win, if, if not even two, which is kind of the goal eventually they need him to be where he was at least last season for them to have a chance, or they got to figure out a movement of somebody of that same
1: caliber. Yeah. Remember he came in with a reputation as an awful defender. Right. And I only say that because let's turn to Jeremy lamb for a second. Lamb came back from his injury and right away it's like, Hey, you can do all that offensive stuff already. But his defense was just gone, right? He couldn't shift the same way to stay in front. And his defense was bad before the injury, but it's worse now. We should note the
0: Lamb injury was a um, much yeah. worse injury in the sense of that, like how it does for your mental psyche,
1: I guess. Yeah. In some ways. Well, I was just thinking about the sport, and even Victor. I'm just thinking about injuries in general. Guys who come back, even if they have different skills, their defense typically is worse at times. So even if Warren was a lot better in his first year with the Pacers, I think when he comes back, even if his offense is like maybe his shots a lot better because he can still use his arms, but his defense will be a little worse than it was as it progressed. That first year he had with the Pacers. I think we've seen that with a couple of guys returning from injury this year. Also full credit to lamb. He actually had a D de- not, not good defensive week. He'll never have a good defense week, but he had some okay moments. on defense. Adequate. Adequate. Yeah. Yep. Playable. But I think that's... he's
0: able to play games. Cause he's not, you know, the worst guy in the court.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was actually pretty good on D against Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Anyway, Warren, um, so that's where I think he'll suffer the most. That's a big long-term effect. Is his, D, you know, and he was going to be out for a long time anyway. That would have happened this year, next year, whatever. But I think we'll see. Maybe it like he's a little bit better of a shooter and a worse defender. We'll we'll see more next year, and he'll have a long time to recover. Right? There's no pressure anymore now. Um, but we, yeah, I think that is something I will stare at when the future comes.
0: Yeah, I think the one I guess maybe positive when it comes to this kind of injury is when you tear your ACL when you blow out your knee there is such a like mental aspect to it that it's just not the same. It's just kind of like an injury that just kind of happens over time. Right. It's, it, it seemed like like Warren's foot. It was, he probably hurt it at one point played through the pain a little too much. And, you know, and that was why he needed surgery. Right. So it, it, you don't have the same mental hurdles of like, I can't step this way because the last time I stepped like this, my whole knee came out from under me, basically. Yeah. So that's the, and that's, and that's where it does throw off guys. Even like you could see it. It took Vic, you know, a while to get back, even he's not even really back yet, but it's just a mental hurdle. How long the while is. Yeah. Even like something like Paul Jordan, it took him at least a year. I mean, even that yeah. like first year he was fully back, it was just he wasn't the same player because it's mentally just hard to do. Um, with Warren, hopefully there won't be that mental hurdle is whether he can get to physical shape. And at least now that he has no pressure, you know, there was you know, if he came back in May, he might have been in not the best shape, best for definitely not in game game shape, and that would have definitely hurt his play, made him look worse, and maybe it's a couple buckets through there, but he couldn't. But, you know it's knows effective, at least now we'll get a full off season, get back into game shape. We start in the same time as everybody else. So nobody will have an advantage athletically over him um when the season starts. And hopefully he can get right, right back on track for his like um 28 year old season.
1: This might be too galaxy brain because like no one on the Pacers is a superstar. We all know that there's sure. a reason their ceiling is capped with the roster. They have, they can win a series, but maybe that's it. But this might be too galaxy brain. But I wonder if the impact comes down to something like say they hit the off season and they go. Well, we've never seen this roster with Warren. You know, let us keep him back and keep it together. Of course, that's what it is every year. <laughs> yeah, it's, that'll be three years in a row, right? No Sabonis in the playoffs last year. No, some get her
0: next court. year. I mean, let's be real. I, I know,
1: know, I know that it would be very frustrating, and I I think that would be an ill advised choice, right? Again, we know what the, the ceiling of these guys can be at this point, but. You know, I think that that could be a ripple effect come the summer is that that's a, a spun excuse that comes out. And I, I don't think this was the case because, like we said, it didn't make a lot of sense to trade anybody specifically, but maybe it, it encouraged them a little more to hold on to McDermott because they announced it the same day as the trade deadline, and they made the decision to keep him out for the season, like not long before the deadline, maybe even that day. So I wonder if it had any bearing on their decision to keep McDermott is that they need wing depth this season, even in the playoffs. So I, that, that, that's two things that I wonder – in terms of roster construction, both now and in the future, if it has any impact, I haven't asked anyone that. I don't know those things, but I would be curious to know that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of a good transition because the Patriots did not make any moves at the trade deadline. Um, that warrant came just maybe, I would say, it felt like, what, minutes after the deadline ended, maybe an hour or two. No, it was way
1: later because Q waiver was two hours after, and the Q waiver came before the Warren announcement.
0: But the that's Warren, right. Warren whatever announcement came before we went on locker room, which was like... That- after the deadline. Anyway, it doesn't really matter the timing at this point, <laughs> but um the Pacers not making any moves to me signal that they think they have a roster that can uh, make the play in tournament at least and maybe even push for a top 6 seed this year. Um and that they feel like they can resign like they care about trying to resign McDermott and McConnell. I don't
1: know, you know. What, I, what it it seems signals like. to me they think they can make the playoffs. I agree with you there. Um the only like signal about a player I like I don't know the offers, right? So like I understand pe- people are saying things to me on, on Twitter a lot like it's it's terrible GMing to keep these expiring contract guys who aren't going to resign, blah, blah, blah. And like maybe they don't resign and then it's a mistake. Maybe they do want to resign the guy and they didn't trade him. We don't know that stuff. But the thing that I don't get about that kind of stuff is like in, until we know what the offers were, right? If, if I had a list of all the Doug McDermott trade offers in front of me and I saw what they turned down, then I would have a great opinion of if they made the right choice or not. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I have trouble analyzing not trading guys because I don't know what the return would have been. If they got yeah. a first round offer for either McConnell or McDermott, they turned it down. Yeah, maybe it'll be up here talking differently, but I just don't know. And we both said we don't think they make a move. So Aaron Hada is the only guy that I'm kind of like, mm, maybe they should have like been a little more pushy on that. Because... But they could
0: move in the offseason probably at the yeah. same price. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Well, the, the thing I messaged someone and said was his value is not going to be lower than it is right now, like ever. There's no way. It just won't be. So, yeah. But there's no reason to to be aggressive, like I just said. But I thought maybe he'd get moved because he's out of the rotation. But, I, again, I don't know what the offers were, and I didn't think they'd do a move anyway. So I, I think it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing to remember, too, is most of the top teams have gathered all their first-round picks. I mean, most of them are gone. Right. I mean, the Nets don't have any. The Bucks don't really have any. Um, Lakers don't have Philly. any. Clippers don't have any. Just Philly, right? Yep. And, I, and that, at that point, we're talking about the 30th overall pick, the 29th overall I, pick. I, I, so we're talking I, about second-round pick at that point. And, I, and the Pacers value short-term – Some short term success just to be competitive, right? If they got rid of McDermott, they would be less competitive and probably be, you know, struggling to hold hold on to the nine, 10 spot, which is maybe trying to compete for the seven, eight, six spot, right? He's not their like the best player in the world, but he's valuable to this roster, especially when it comes to just the they don't have a lot of forwards on the roster that are healthy at this point.
1: They would probably have to play Cassius Stanley, right? In the rotation or Or Aaron Holiday. They're suddenly going from a positive player to a negative player. That's even if it's a role player, that's a problem.
0: That's definitely. And they value being, Competitive every season. That's like the Pacers' whole goal. It's just competitive every single year. Like that's like the minimum standard for now, this team. Is that
1: is that the right decision? Mm-hmm. You know Yeah, it,
0: part of me thinks you take advantage of the no, and injury to to you know rebuild on a nice draft pick, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. The the competitive every year thing is great for the casual fans and terrible for the diehard fans, right? That's always the,
0: the well, and the thing make. is that I, I get not wanting to tank, but maybe you take advantage of the circumstances and just right. kind of let the team spiral to the bottom to be able to get a better pick because maybe it's your right. one opportunity. And in this next 10 years to get even a top 10 pick. And maybe you can get lucky and turn that number eight overall guy into a Paul
1: Georgia. So if they lose yeah. McDermott or McConnell for nothing, maybe then you sniff back to this and go, well, you know, what, yeah. what were you thinking? But without knowing the offers, it's just kind of well, this is what we thought they would do. They wanted to make the playoffs and be good this year with the roster they had before the season. They're not going to have Warren now. So it's going to be harder to accomplish those goals, but They're still going to go for the goals they had with the team they built. Remember Kevin Pritchard said before the season, the way that the best teams have been built are the following ways: huge moves and continuity. They tried the huge move. They didn't get Hayward. So they went with continuity and they, but he said that by saying the best teams have been built by, right? So he knows he wants to build a good team. Sabonis said we wouldn't win a lot of games to go far in the playoffs. I don't think that one injury is going to derail them from that. So even if they maybe didn't do what people thought was the smartest thing or the long-term approach, which let's be fair, they didn't do the long-term approach. They did what they wanted to do this season. Is that the right choice? That kind of depends on your feel, view of the team.
0: Yep. And I agree. You can't really know until they haven't received a haven't reached Yeah. We like have
1: that. a much better grade of this trade deadline in about four months.
0: Yep. I agree with you. So let's do this. Let's take one quick break and when we get back, we're going to talk about the Pacers two in one week, Malcolm Brogdon and the balanced attack of the Pacers. But first today's locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the, Bass is the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season has been over for a long time, but the NBA, college, Bass, and NHL are on full swing, especially the NCAA tournament, the best time for gambling. And betonline.ag is covered for that and even awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. I'm a big fan of future bets. I put some money on Houston to win the NCAA tournament despite uh, them playing my Syracuse team. I, this, I think Houston's the best team, got 20-1 to odds, so that's always a good... Good bet right now, it looks like, but we'll see what happens. Bet online, even have you covered things like news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile phone today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So after laying a pretty rough egg on Monday night against Milwaukee, the Pacers managed to beat Detroit Wednesday in Dallas on Friday, Detroit by five and Dallas by 15, a pretty dominant performance in, in Dallas, actually. Um, I think the thing to start with is in the Pacers, two wins. They finally got back to their old way of playing where they're not relying on one or two guys to dominate their scoring. And it was a more, uh, what we call it, balanced attack.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, that stretches back even to like the Miami games, but – We've been seeing this more recently from this team. I think the, the inclusion of Karras is a factor, but just in general, they've been more balanced, right? Detroit, they had five so, guys in double figures: Justin Holiday, uh, Sabonis, yep, Karis, Brogdon, and Sumner, all in double figures. Gogo was a point away, whatever <laughs> at that point, basically double figures. Um, you know, they, they they didn't play the greatest game that even that night, but they had a more balanced attack. They're able to go through Karis, Are so they're able to go through Brogdon, right? They don't have to force it through one guy as often as they've had at other times this season when they only have had one good creator on the floor, whether that be Brogdon or Sabonis or both sometimes. But you know, they ha- the uh, having more options, yeah, that helps those guys specifically, but it also helps everybody else. And I think that's helping with their balanced attack and having the right guys on the bench. It's helping those guys help each other. Then against Dallas, they had Sabonis at 22, Lavert at 10. Yeah, you already got it. Six guys. And again, Turner had nine. That's basically double figures. I think both Heat games... They had six or seven in double figures. I'll double check that while you talk, but I think the balance attack is part of what makes them look a little more hard to guard recently. Yeah. It, it feels like with the McDermott
0: back on the bench, you're just seeing better bench units, whether it's because yep. you add McDermott and you're seeing the improvement of guys like Goga and uh, Sumner who are playing better. And maybe it's the McDermott. They're creating more space or they're just stepping up into roles. It's probably some combination of both, but um, although McDermott missed the whole second half, I guess on uh on Friday, but it just feels like they're the, the bench unit feels a little better these past two weeks, let's say. Since Karis has kind of kind of hit his more of his groove, it feels like. Uh and good. that's that's good. been a yeah, that's been a huge part of uh kind of boosting this team into like relevant territory, right? I mean, if you look at their nine games since the All-Star break, besides the one where they got just blown out in Milwaukee because they're missing Barkley and Turner, they have could have won every single other every single those games. I think they're four and three. So I mean that's like it's not like they're been great, but they've played really good teams and been really competitive. I mean, outside of Detroit and Dallas, they played, you know, seven straight playoff game space or teams in the playoff race. And, you know, the top four in the conferences and we're competitive in each one of those.
1: Look, I know that Dallas sucks without Luca, but like Porzingis is really good and they still smoke that team. Like, that's what you should do if you're a good team. You should smoke a bad team. And they did it um the the this pistons game you know what they did not smoke a bad team so they did not play the but
0: game. they beat them you just got to win those games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the heat games they had seven guys in double figures in both of those actually nice. so uh that is is also another tick and something that i just feel like this is more like last year now that that's necessarily good or bad that's it makes them harder to guard when you have more balance of scoring and one of the, we want to talk about two guys specifically who you feel like had good weeks and one of the guys who's stepping up in the scoring department and was in double figures in two, both wins this week. Uh, and is part of the reason their attacks more balanced and looks awesome is Edmund Sumner, Edmund Sumner, Adam, we were right. We were right. We knew he was so good. And this was maybe not his coming out week because he's been in the rotation for a while, but it, this was pretty close to like the, okay, like this guy's in your rotation. Like no, no matter what happens the rest of the season, he's in your rotation. He's that he's that good. He's been playing so well.
0: Yeah. The problem always has been, could he just stay healthy? Could he get enough, like, games under his belt in a row to Three actually, like, be <laughs> out there, right? I mean, he just yep. broken hand last year, ACL, another time. I mean, it's just injury, after injury for him. Um, but once you once he's basically he's been held this entire year, right? Yeah, He hasn't had a major injury this year. He's, you know, been in and out of the lineup at times, but they don't want to play him or not. But when I started consistently playing him over the last 15 or so games, he's been really solid. I mean since they, they started playing him regularly um, when they played Golden State at home on the 24th of February. And in those 15 games um, over that stretch, he's shooting 50% from the field and 44% from three and 90% from the free throw line, averaging 7.3 points per game. I mean, that's like for a bench player, that's amazing. And then you add the fact that he should play defense because he's, you know yeah. athletically on a, like you watch him play and he reminds me athletically of where Vic was that one year where he just like moves at a different pace in the rest of the court i mean he just when they push with him he can't do all he, the other
1: stuff but <laughs> no
0: no no but he can fly now he can't right. close around the rim like Vic could close and pull a stop on himself and Layton almost every time in this like i mean almost like russell westbrook unbelievable way but he's just on a whole nother athletic level than everybody else and he's shooting better and so and it, you add those coming together and it makes for a guy who's probably gonna play more and more minutes. I mean, we're seeing him play about fifteen a game now. He played eighteen against Dallas. I imagine if he can play this, we might see him play closer to twenty towards the end of the year.
1: Yeah, McDerm- McDermott's questionable Monday against the Wizards, which, by the way, questionable in the first game after a big injury like his probably means it's a short term thing. Anyway, if he doesn't play, Sumner will play a lot more. That was a big factor in his. Yeah, wasn't it? A, it wasn't that big of an injury. It just turned his ankle pretty. He landed his ankle on somebody else's. Yeah, yeah. it's like a uh, different color Bjorkran said at practice. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, maybe. I mean, is that major or is it just like just like a gross injury? I don't know. I feel like, yeah. that's like I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. The other thing move for on.
1: Sumner, like the athleticism's always been there. It's always been pretty clear that he can hang there, and his defense has been good. He just didn't have the offense, right? He could could get to the the basket and transition and score. That was it. In the half court, he was kind of useless. Well, in the G League, he hit 36% of six a game and 26 games in his sophomore year when he was on a two-way. And then last year, he had only two games, so I'm not going to go too much on those, but he hit 43%, right? So I always kind of thought he'd be a shooter just based off like a better shooter, not a good shooter, but like a better shooter than he was in the NBA based off his G League experience, right? And he was terrible from three his first three years in the league. Now he's a, he's almost at 40% this year. I don't think that's going to hold, but I think we're seeing him actualize like some half court effectiveness. Like he's skating around some picks too. So he's just, he's finally putting it all together and they have a great rotation player there. That's been another big factor. Like uh, at the same time as Karis returning, Sumner being awesome again has been awesome. Yeah, and I think another guy, I know we
0: we have another guy we want to talk about, but I think it's worth saying this might've been Goga's best week of his career. Yeah,
1: he was also very good. Hold uh, on we'll to the
0: floor for him too. Yeah, 10 points, nine point, and six points. Uh, including five blocks of those three games. I mean, he's just he's starting to, I think, start to have a better feel for the game. And you, as we add the Sumner thing with that, they're starting to have like this kind of younger core starting to see it in some, in a positive way where we haven't seen that many good young players uh, on this team in a long time.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's, let's highlight the star of the team right now.
0: <laughs> yes. You want me to do his stats of since the All Star break? Go crazy. They're awesome. All right. So he's averaging. So this is Malcolm Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Averaging 22.4 points, five rebounds, and four and a half assists on 53.6% from the field, 51.7% from three, and 71% from the line. He's taking nearly 16 shots a game and nearly seven and a half threes per game on those percentages. Uh, He's somebody who's definitely pissed he got snubbed as an (laughs) all-star.
1: Yeah, he didn't deserve it. Let's be real. Like he got hurt a little bit and fell off a bunch.
0: No, but maybe he kind of thought I should have been there over Sabonis because I'm a better pacer player. Maybe what he would have seen. He was it. better than Sabonis and
1: for a long time this season. I was. Yeah, he's been
0: that. better the last 10 games or something Sabonis has. too. But yeah.
1: So Brogdon has been the biggest Karis LeVert fan on the planet because even if it. Okay. So at the end of the Detroit game, we saw the inverse of the problem that we thought Karis would solve. We saw. Okay. Brogdon drives in a pick and roll with Sabonis. This is when they were up, whatever, one or two at the end of the game. And they cut that off. The defense sends the extra defender to cut off the roll and they cut it off. And then Brogdon just goes, okay. And he flips it to Karis LeVert and he creates his own shot and he buries a three. And it's like, they didn't have that forever. Right? Like the other flip side of what's helping Brogdon is this is what we talked about a lot. is like Karis LeVert can dribble past the defender. And all of a sudden Malcolm Brogdon, who's better off ball than on ball. Not that he's terrible at either can spot up and he, you know, he's not going to shoot 52% from three for forever. Like you said, he is since the break, but he can get better looks like he was prior earlier in his career to be a more effective player as a yeah, shooter he's 40% or...
0: this year from three.
1: Exactly. So he is the biggest cares fan because it allows Brogdon to play in the way that Brogdon should play and not the way that he had to play given the Pacers roster. So yeah, he has been awesome since the break as both a result of great play from him, except for Milwaukee or no, I'm sorry the second Miami game uh, and we'll forget about that one, but he's just been amazing. It's, it's been ridiculous.
0: Yeah. He's the kind of player you feel like if you just put him with a lot of talent around him, he could really, he can help make that those players around him better and be really, and you know, be the most efficient guy around that. And what I, I mean, he's the kind of guy where like, when we talked a little bit, like we were kind of salivating when you thought about a lineup with like, and we saw it for a little bit when we saw like old Depot, him Warren, Sabonis, and McDermott, it was like, Holy crap. Like, Yep. Brogdon can do all this stuff. And then you have like Warren being the fifth option offense. Well, now we'll kind of add Karras back in there to that to the Depot slot. But like there's just something that like is Tanto was about Brogdon being able to play. If he can be this good when he has to play like no space, when all things has a ton of space, how well he could play to get play. And we're seeing him kind of meet in the middle right now where he's playing so just a little more space. And they, if they had that third guy back who could be like the third option on scoring or fourth option, you want to call it. Oh, he could just feel like the ceiling's the the sky.
1: We've always talked about Brogdon being better as a secondary creator, and when he's in a lineup with McDermott and Justin Holiday and Miles Turner and Zabonis, he has to create everything. And now that now that Karras is back, that is not the case at all, and he's playing more with McConnell because McConnell's playing good too. Like, there's just more situations where he can be that secondary guy, and he's killing it. So all the credit to him uh, as the Pacers are winning record since the All Star break and a winning record this week. He has been a huge reason why. Yeah, we should
0: say a quick victory lap and say we said if they could win more than twenty games before the end of March, they'd be on pace to probably finish season just above five hundred. And they have twenty one wins now, and they could honestly with the games they have this week get to like twenty three by the by There's the time. A chance March next time we talk March, at them,
1: this team is a five hundred basketball
0: team. or above five hundred team if they play better. Um, they'd have to
1: go four zero to be above five hundred. So I doubt it, but we'll talk about the week.
0: Yeah, well, it, well have, all right, 3-1, but yeah, um, just real update on the stage. Reflect, they are in ninth place, 21-23, sitting just two games back of the four-seeded Knicks. So it is gross. within range to it get up to, to so gross to a top-four seed, <laughs> for sure. Anyway, so let's take one more break, and then we're going to preview this week's four games. But first, today's Locked On Patriot Podcast is brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. We've been talking about Built Bar for a long time now. It's the best-tasting perfect bar in the market it's low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and has amazing taste. Tony and I have tried them both, or all of them, a bunch of them. We've been a ton, ton of samples. We love them. They're a great protein bar if you're trying to kind of maintain or lose weight. They're they're awesome. And they're doing this thing called Built Bar Madness, which is kind of matching up their protein bars to figure out which one is the best one. They have a whole bracket set up. And I think we're almost at the final four. Tony told me that earlier. Um, the last final four matchup was between Cookie Dough Chunk and White Chocolate Birthday Cake. Um, I think Cookie Dough Chunk is kind of where i would lean but i'm more of a sweet guy and i'm i feel like i feel like the cookie dough was more sweet and that's why i, I personally liked it and right now if you go to builtbar.com you can recall locked 15 you get 15 percent off your next order that's locked 15 to get 15 off your next order at builtbar.com and check out to see who their final four matchup is uh, today and we're also brought to you by rockauto.com a auto parts store serving Customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control models to brake pass tail lamps, motor roles, and even new carpet. But for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, and price that you prefer. Best of all, price at rockauto.com are reliably low. And the same, professionals and do it yourself first. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how to hear us, about us box so that they know that we sent you. Main selection, reliable prices, all the parts car will ever need. rockauto.com. So the Pacers have four games this week in their first matchup against Tony's former favorite team, Washington Wizards. The Wizards are, Tony, do you have their stats up? Of course I do. All right. Read 21st me, read.
1: in offense. Led by Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Although Russell Westbrook is also a cause of a lot of their offensive problems. <laughs> 25th in defense led by Bradley Beal and a lot of his defensive problems. Although he tries, he's just not good at it. That gets them minus 4.7 at rating, which is 25th in the league. The wizards gambled that the training for Russell Westbrook would make them great. And it has not.
0: Yeah. And the big thing to note right now is Bradley Beal did leave Saturday's game against uh, when they played Detroit with a hip injury. Uh, he is questionable for Monday's game. Right, Tony? Yes, him and so, McDermott,
1: both questionable.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think one of the guys is more important to his team than the other guy, personally. Um, and <laughs> Dang, that is that's Bradley. high praise
1: McDermott.
0: Yeah, okay. And that is because Bradley <laughs> Beal, if he was playing, if he does play, would be obviously the butcher of this game. He is a 31.3 point a game averager on 48% shooter from the field. Uh, he, It's still so sad. He's on this terrible team. Frankly. Hey, hey. hey, hey,
1: hey. No, it's but, not.
0: Okay, fine. Whatever. But if, if he does not play, I think the other butchers russell
1: westbrook right or do you have somebody else (laughs) who else i mean do you pick somebody else if you think here's the thing about russ he's averaging a triple double again which is great he also turns it over a ridiculous amount like like five times per game it's it's if you watch wizards like it's crazy sometimes how quick quick, it's crazy how quick the wizards blow a huge lead like they'll be up they'll, they'll be up 12 you'll blink or like go you know go heat up your coffee or whatever you'll come back they're losing it's like They're so volatile because Russ is this turnover machine and they don't have anyone else who can create anything when Beal's out of the game, right? Especially because Breton's is hurt. They don't have any floor spaces either. So they're really limited on what they can do. And Russ, again, is a beast. He can do a lot of stuff, but he's also a super hard ceiling capper at his his career. Yeah,
0: he's the highest
1: usage, highest turnover percentage player in the league. Like if you do the combination of both. So uh, the only other kind of butcher is uh, they just got Daniel Gafford, who's actually a pretty good backup center. Uh, so maybe he'll have a nice game. He had 13 points in his Wizards debut, but I was going to say Rui Achimura. He can kind of do some interesting stuff with the ball in his hands, but he doesn't scare anybody. So uh, yeah, you kind of got to pick Westbrook if Bradley Beal doesn't play. Yeah. I think for the Pacer end of this.
0: Um... Feed Sabonis. Yeah. So it yeah, probably comes down to the centers
1: at the end of the day. And so Thomas Bryant's hurt. They don't have any centers after him. They're just, they have a terrible big man rotation. That's why they traded for Daniel Gafford. Do I have to remind you? No one even knows who that is. He's actually an okay player again, but their center rotation just sucks. It's just terrible.
0: Yeah. So you pick Sabonis, I guess. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll pick Turner because defensively. Obviously, um, Westbrook likes to likes to live around the rim, but yeah. he's, he's one of the worst three point shooters for the volume. Well, he's not shooting as much this year as he usually if does. Turner
1: forces Russ to pull up three times like, this game. They, they,
0: they, exactly. They just, you want to force if Russ just thinks a little bit about going to the rim, although that could go bad. It could turn into foul for Turner because Westbrook's good at drawing contact and is not afraid of it at times. But uh, yeah, if he can force Russ to pull up shots. Just a few, this should be, especially without, if Beal doesn't play an easy win for the Pacers, I think.
1: The Miles is probably a good pick. The Wizards are fourth in two-point attempts and first in free-throw attempts per game in the league, right? So they drive a ton, they try to get to the line, and Beal and Russ are good at it. Uh And a lot of their guys are, are more interior-based, but they suck at threes, right? So if Turner can either force them to pull up a little bit so they're not fouling, or they don't foul in general, which Turner sometimes can have a problem with, then they'll probably win because the Wizards aren't a good shooting team. And yeah, I think those- the Pacers will win, especially if Beal doesn't play
0: yeah, and but also the Wizards giving up the most points per game. Just saying, so we might see another balanced attack. Yeah, so another uh, six guys in double digit points. Um, all right, so it gets a little harder after Wednesday, but uh, or after I'm sorry, after Monday. That's because Wednesday they take on the Miami Heat. Is this their third time playing the Heat, or is it the In fourth? a month? Yep. Third? Do they play them another time, or is this the last match for the year?
1: This is their last matchup of the year. All
0: right, so they have won the season series against the Heat. Yay! Um yeah, what that's actually Heat's...
1: important. That actually could be important. Yeah. So what what are the Heat's numbers, Tony? Well, I will tell you that they are 24th in offense and seventh in defense for a net rating of 22nd. They're 22 and 24. Uh, remember, they won the day before, or three days before they played the Pacers. They won. It was their fifth win in a row and like 12th or 13th. OK, they the have last win since then. <laughs> they are currently on a six game losing streak uh, and they just traded away Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek out of their rotation for Victor Oladipo. This could be Vick's return. Uh, to Banker's life for the first time since the trade, although he is not playing in the Heat's Monday game against the Knicks. He's ill. I think he's actually uh, one of his best... Sky Agnes tweeted that one of his really good friends from I, his IU days died or, and so he's been traveling because of that, so who knows when he can actually return. Maybe he'll have health and safety protocol issues as well. So who knows if Vic will actually play, but his Heat will be playing that day and they'll have, if Vic doesn't play, a shortened rotation without every Bradley and Kelly Olynyk.
0: Yeah, anyway. I mean, not that... Not that those two guys are like, you know, superb players, but the heat are not playing well. And the Pacers had opportunity to, nope. to really, really get them payback for last year's playoff.
1: Here's what's uh, going to happen. The Pacers yeah. are going to catch the heat when they're on fire and then go on the road and somehow beat them twice. And then they're going to catch the heat when they're doing awful and just get rolled over at home. It's just, it's just how the Pacers are right. We know it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. So butcher wise, are you, are you a bam or Butler fan? I picked first
1: last time. <laughs> Neither of them were like so impressive in the two games they played in Miami. Um, Dragic was the most impressive player, like compared to my expectations in that series. He only played the first game and then got hurt. So I would think to pick Dragic here, but Bam was really good in the first half of that first game. And I think, I don't know what got him out of his game and they weren't, they weren't going to him as much at times. So I think I'll pick Bam. Um, I always forget that he has a little like disdain for miles just because miles got a spot on the team USA over him Oh, interesting. a few years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. 20 points and eight of 11 that first game. So I'll pick Bam just because he likes to get up in games against. Oh, he had 20. Okay. He did a lot better than I remember. You know, maybe that says more about him that he had 20 and 29. And I don't remember it that well, but yeah. I he had
0: 29 him. in the second game.
1: Did I click the wrong game? I'm pretty sure I clicked the Pacers game. He no, no.
0: I'm saying because I don't remember 29, but also that he came storming back and he had a big part of that. So yeah, yeah, he had 29.
1: <laughs> I don't even see exactly. I didn't, You didn't remember either.
0: I did not I did not remember that. I mean, that, that win so was yeah, such a Bam. like pull that out of their ass it. kind of win that I, I didn't really <laughs> yeah, pay Pacers wise. Yeah. Um, so I want to pick Butler because that was the other one. But I my X Factor is tied to Butler. So I think I might just go with Duncan Robinson. Just the sense that he's a really good three-point shooter. He's their specialist, and the Pacers have trouble with this. So have Justin Holly chasing after can him. Yeah, I can just draw
1: a tiny name. I know everybody just wants the heat. Yeah. Tyler Hero's been terrible recently, like he can't make anything. It, but he is so volatile that I feel like if he just gets going, yeah, but he, he could be yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah, but he's the Turner. Turner's like his like weakness if you like. Yes, his, that's fair. His All right, go ahead. Um, X so factor. X Factor. I want to say it's Malcolm Brogdon. He did such a good job guarding Butler in those two matchups. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, a little, it was a little bit of because they let Turner kind of play back or they let – garden play to so Turner could kind of play the if he beat him. And Turner didn't bite on a bunch of Butler pumpkins he did in the playoffs last year, which helped a ton. Thank God he finally, like, stayed focused, you know, kept his feet down. But Butler had 21 points on the Sunday matchup where he's 7 of 16, which is not great. And then I believe on Friday matchup, Butler was, like, terrible. I mean, I think – I got to pull this numbers, but if I remember, right. But there was six of 10 for 17 points. So two, two games were, and then he was outscored both those times. And part of that I thought had to do with Brogdon just doing a really good job on him, kind of either forcing the ball out of his hands or just being a pest him when he had the ball.
1: My terrible X factor answer is whoever Kendrick Nunn is guarding. If it's Brogdon, it's Brogdon. If it's Levert, it's Levert. If it's someone else, it's that guy. He is the reason that I thought the Pacers could do better against the heat in the playoffs last year. And he didn't play in the series at all. He is playing again. So whoever he is guarding, he is a, not very good defender at all, so that is my expector. So do you I've, think I, the Pacers? You know what's you know it's dumb. They beat the Heat twice, and they're at home this time. And I just I I just can't pick the Pacers. Why can't I do it?
0: Because it's hard to sweep a team that made the NBA finals last year. You're right. You're right. Um, but I'm I think they're gonna, gonna go it.
1: three. I think they have a good chance to go three and one this week, and I have to give them a loss somewhere. So I'll do this one. There we go.
0: I I think they win this game.
1: All right.
0: I'll probably eat eat my words, but uh I think I don't know. I just feel like the Heat there's Just something about when you get swept by a team in the playoffs, and then they're unless like we see. I guess if Vic plays, that could kind of change my thought process. But a team that swept you in the playoffs is not feels like they're not as good as last year's bubble version of the team. Just here is not playing as well as obviously last year, and just feels like they're just not quite the same team because for the season, maybe the stakes aren't as high. So it feels like I'm about game to say, you just want to win to kind of like really stick it to them.
1: I'm about to say something that's gonna sound really stupid. Are you ready? Okay. The Pacers play the Hornets on Friday, and it is a very important game.
0: Do you because know the standings, you think? tiebreaker? Oh, right. They split the first time. So, yeah, that's the they, Pacers. Yep. I so have
1: the Hornets. Next, are... I, have,
0: I have the Hornets numbers. If you want, if you want me to read them, do you, you have Go them.
1: ahead. I have them up, too, but you're good. you can do they
0: it. They are 15th in offense, 20th in defense for a net rating of .6. They're, that's 7th up on the league. So it's basically their uh, flat average team, just like the Pacers.
1: Yep. They just lost to the Suns, like, not too long before we were talking, so they're twenty three and twenty two. So there's a chance that these teams are literally tied in record going into this game, and the winner gets the tiebreaker. So, not even being hyperbolic, like this is a very important game for the Pacers and the the, the Hornets could fall off a little with Lamelo out for a while with his wrist injury. Um, but still, this, this is an important game. They I mean, got to get up of the, the season, Tony.
0: Rest of the season, yeah. He's
1: not out for the rest of the season. Oh, I
0: thought he was. That
1: was or yeah, he... the original diagnosis, and they got a second opinion, and now he's reevaluated. Oh, and see, like... I, I didn't realize that. I yeah. See, I would have said season if it was season, Adam. I got the info. Um, They're still good. You know, Devontae Graham can pop off anytime. any time. Rozier is actually a good player now. Hayward is obviously – was in the all-star discussion this year. So they're still a good team. They beat the Pacers for a reason. They got hot from three in that fourth quarter. Um, so they're good, and the Pacers could lose this. There's a reason the Hornets have a better record than them. So it's an important game. Who's your butcher? Uh, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> I'm going to go with the guy that
0: you once told me wasn't very good and once said – He was It'd terrible. Be- it should be an idiot for trading for him. And yes. that's Terry Rozier, who's having probably the best in his career, averaging 20 points a game on like 48 and 42 shooting.
1: You know my made Terry Rozier really good? Gordon Hayward? They, they took the ball out of his hands. Yeah, well, that's why he was good with Boston. He wasn't the point guard. <laughs> he was the point guard in Boston. He was awful with Boston. No, but that one year he was really good at Boston. He was kind of playing off the ball with... Uh, he was never really good in Boston. He was getting one playoff series, and everybody thought he
0: was really good. I thought he played pretty well with Kyrie a little bit, I thought. Am I imagining this No, Am I like totally yeah, kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, that 17 was, wasn't terrible. He was 11 points on 38% from three. That's not a terrible season, but yes, you're probably right. It's not as good. as I imagine
1: now, now that he's off ball more, whether it's with Lamello or Hayward or Graham, he's actually a very good off ball shooter. He's been, he is a good player. I will give him a lot of credit. So that's hey, a good you, choice. I pick no, Hayward.
0: Go ahead. Know how, how a team gets better. You know, like I mean, when you look at the standings, right? The horns are the fives are down the Boston 70s. It's when every marginal trade you make with the team, you end up winning, right? So they, they kind of, I think, won the Kemba trade right now at this point, just because oh, Kemba wow. can't stay healthy is part of the reason. And then they also got the Hayward thing. I mean, they've basically <laughs> like sucked Boston down from, let's say, five wins and <laughs> gave themselves those five wins. That's how you get better as a basketball team.
1: They've also drafted pretty solidly between P.J. Mm-hmm. Washington, Lamella Ball, and Malik Monk and Devontae. Malik, Malik Monk's not been good, but he's actually playing better recently. Devontae so. Graham's a great draft pick too. Second round. Graham pick is around. a very second rounder. Yeah, very good pick. So Hayward's mine. I mean, he didn't kill the Pacers, and I said that he didn't really fit the bill of this guy. But they get killed by the bigger forwards. They have been all season, and Hayward doesn't really fit like the powerful stature of the guys who kill them. But he's their best player, so I, I feel comfortable picking him as the butcher. X-Factor wise, um, you know, with LaMelo out, they don't have good guard defense between Rosier and Graham. So I'll pick LaVert here. If LaVert can get his paint touches like he has, break the defense down a little bit, um, you know, he can make their good defenders not as impactful and set up easier shots for other guys. So I'll pick Karis LaVert.
0: Yeah, when the Pacers won against this team last time, the key was Sabonis. He was great. Um, They're playing Cody Zeller at center, right? And so not like the best center on the planet. That's. I mean, they've been trying to upgrade to Miles Turner forever. That's been the rumors for a long time that they want they want Turner. But um, Sabonis was nine of ten in that game for twenty two points. I mean, that's that's
1: triple how you beat double. this team.
0: Yeah. Oh, Yeah, triple, yeah, triple double. You just yeah. that's how you do it. You run things a Sabonis and let him sort of have one of his you know premier games.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, they they don't have the best interior guys. You know, Zeller and Biombo are fine. They're fine.
0: They're yeah. No one
1: upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, that second game was frustrating. The Pacers were right in it until the end. And the Hornets shot forty three percent from deep. And if they shoot forty three percent from deep, they might win again. They've got good shooters who are capable of doing it. So and they found a better way to slow down some bonus that second time around. Mostly in the creation department, they were getting two shooters better. I think the Pacers win this one, and it's actually again, this game's actually important. So they'll have to get up and try. But I think they're I think they're better than the Hornets. I, even though the records say otherwise, I think they're just better. I think they
0: lose. I think the Hornets are better.
1: Interesting. They have good players. I think the Hornets are going to be good for a long time. They actually have.
0: Yeah, they've built nice a offense. pretty good team. They've they done, really do, they done a really good job. Like they were kind of in tank-ish mode. A couple, I mean, they got rid of Kemba, but they never really like went to like a full. What were they? Were the seven? They recovered very
1: quickly. I mean, yeah. and, then, and you know, they're going to be fun and exciting to watch for a long time because they've little ball. good job, Hornets. Yeah, they've done a very good job. Ending the week with a makeup game. Uh, the first of the makeup games, right? Yeah. Uh, oh no! Second. No, they played, there, played the Suns. Phoenix. They played the they, Suns. They did the Suns. Yeah. In San Antonio, making up the spur or wait no the home game against san antonio was the one that got delayed right never mind this is not technically a makeup game um they play the spurs in in san antonio weird schedule they play charlotte at home on a friday and then fly out to san antonio play the spurs on a saturday and i this is bizarre but the spurs are 23 and 20 somehow with like the weirdest roster ever they're scheduling as part
0: of it they have one of they've played one of the easiest ring schedules so far
1: oh i did not know that interesting they're 20th in offense 10th in defense they're a very greg popovich team they just bought out lamarcus aldridge but he was not good for them the rosen's really good again he can pass now so they can kind of give him the ball a lot but other than that they just have a bunch of young guys who are all pretty good at something and our specialists and are all gonna be pretty good players, but right now we're not. And they just find a way to win. They're Greg Popovich team.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the Spurs have the second hardest strength schedule left, like remaining games okay. because they play in the okay. easiest last 42 games. That's been
1: part that of makes it. Sense. That um, makes sense. Yeah, like like Jakob pertle I like him, but like it's jakob pertle he's fine. Lonnie Walker, Sam deal L. he's okay. You know, Derek White is pretty good. Keldon Johnson's pretty good. He's he's gonna be my butcher. Jante Murray's pretty good. But no, guys are like, yeah, like they've got a great core going on. But they they they're the Spurs. They inevitably find a way to win. Yeah, they're Ram just games. like a
0: superstar from being good. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, Aldridge right?
1: just completely tanking off a cliff is not gonna help them. They have made a smart move to buy him out. So.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, who who are you picking your butcher? You said.
1: Uh, Keldon Johnson. You don't know much about him, do you?
0: Yeah, very little, yes.
1: Went to Kentucky, so I'm surprised you don't know. A little
0: I don't bit. watch college basketball. Team. We talked about it before the show, but I don't watch yeah,
1: college basketball. He's averaging 13 and a half a game, which sounds <laughs> underwhelming, but he can. He has some crazy go-off potential. Uh, he has had a 29, 26, 25, 23-point games all within. Recently, he had another 23-point. When he's got some good go-off potential, He can when he gets streaky from deep, he's real good. So he's pretty threatening with the ball uh, as a scorer, so he is my butcher.
0: Yeah, mine is a guy who I've actually liked who's finally, I don't know what they're already put in, and I'll call it, call it breaking out, I'm that breakout year, but finally kind of had put two or two good years together, and that's Dejounte Murray, who's playing very well, 15 and a half points per game. Um, he's just one of those, like, I don't know, one of their, like, four guards that are pretty decent this year. You had him, Lonnie Walker, Rosen's not great, but been pretty good. I mean, they just got a lot of good guards, and he's one of them, and I think he's got the potential to be kind of the, the guy to score 20 on them, on the Pacers, at least.
1: Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of potential. He's a good defender. He he's always underwhelmed me for some reason, but he's he's good. And like obviously, neither of us picking DeRozan is cutesy. Like DeRozan's amazing, you know. He yeah, I just don't want to pick DeRozan. <laughs> DeRozan can sc- anywhere inside the arc. DeRozan can score from there. Like you have to guard him everywhere. And even if it's not a three, that adds some spacing then you have to be right up in his face, right? And he can pass, so he he's a threat. He'll be good. And this again, the Spurs' record is what it is. They're probably about as good as the Pacers. So this one is just kind of matchup dependent you know can if they split onto rosen the Pacers will probably win if, if the spurs do a good game plan to slow down whoever they'll probably win right so this one could go anyway and i would accept anything i'm doing my bench game is that allowed
0: can i do sure. it? you can Were do, you it. Gonna do
1: it no
0: i i was gonna pick karis i think he's not a decent game or no, another decent game sorry another yeah he's, uh, uh, he's had basically one really?
1: game <laughs> The Spurs uh, uh, ruined Nikola Vucevic's debut in their last game. In that game, though, their bench was Patty Mills. He's all right. Rudy Gay. He's old and, you know, eh. Drew Eubanks. Do you even know who he is if you're listening? Uh, Luka Samenich and Devin Vassell, their rookie. It is not a good bench unit. Saminich and Vassell could grow into good players and it will be a good bench unit, but it's not right now. So the bench, I mean, like TJ McConnell is going to be the fastest player in this game by a lot, like a, like a, an uncomparable amount to the normal. So I, uh this is my bench game and I think they win. I think the Spurs are good, but I think the Pacers can beat them and they typically do well in San Antonio. I think the Pacers win as well. That's what I would say. As a Three in one week. They, By the
0: time you, I talked to week, it's going to be 500 with a very, very light schedule coming up the next
1: couple weeks. That'd be huge. If they could be 500 at the end of this week, I mean, with Minnesota, Orlando, Memphis, Houston, Atlanta, San Antonio again, Oklahoma City, Detroit, all coming up in the next three weeks. Orlando again. I mean, wow.
0: Yeah, in, in 500 would right now put them at like the sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: weird. The East is so weird, man. Yeah.
0: It's like it's like it's like three different levels of the teams. If
1: you go on a three-game losing streak, you fall from four to ten. it like gets it gets crazy. Well, that's
0: what happened. They lost like five, four or five in a row. All of a sudden they were the four seed when Sabonis was in an all-star and they were the ninth seed when he was an all-star.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's something. So we'll see. I, yeah, I think they're pro- I probably maybe not favor them against seat probably 50, 50 there, but I'd probably put them close to favorites in every game, but it's one of those, I was talking about this, like the odd, the total odds thing. I would say the most likely outcome is three wins this week.
0: Yeah. I feel, I feel like that's a fair, I, I think also say that, I think this team can get into the four or five game and the East is just,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. If 48 clicks with Boston, like, they're the clear four, right? Or yeah,
0: but that guy beat out one other team. Miami can't get a consistent run in their life.
1: Maybe Vooch clicks with Chicago. Maybe you know who? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but you know who knows with those teams? And you know, you
0: just, you just feel like the schedule gets easy enough where they should be able to, I guess.
1: They definitely have a shot. They so
0: they have so here's so they have of those of those six teams that are in the middle. They have the easiest schedule left. They have the 26th hardest schedule left. Rest of their season. The next one of those teams true wow is miami is the 19th
1: wow
0: hardest schedule is that though. basketball
1: reference
0: uh no it's on tankathon oh, okay
1: oh nice okay there's it's, it
0: just i'm pretty sure it takes the record of every team right now and spits it in does it, so that's why it <laughs> absolutely does yeah so, good for so they have an easier schedule than most of the and that also honestly can explain a little bit of why they've been so bad
1: because
0: <laughs> they played yeah. a lot or they've looked bad because they played a lot of good teams this year so far
1: yeah that's true so. that's totally true All right. Well, I think it'll be a fun week. We could have another rosy, happy time talking about this team next week, or they could lose to the Hornets and Spurs, and it's another very frustrating why can't they... Why is the talent not matching the wins? And we'll see, and we'll cycle through it again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this team always, you know, they... They give us the old rope of dope, right? They 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 fall down They look bad. We're <laughs> like, oh, we're down, down. Are we gonna end up in the you know in the lottery? And then all of a sudden they just rope you back in,
1: get you right in like the four or five game every single year, and that's that's, <laughs> the, that's the ball game. And then basically, that's yeah. how the Pacers have been this year for sure. There's always something so Pacers that happens every week. Last week it was getting destroyed by the honestless Bucks. Destroyed. I know for real.
0: Anyways, before we, we go be in twenty week. minutes. Um, which is we should start to end this show uh as always you can follow our podcast at locked on pacers and you can follow it or subscribe to it on wherever you get podcasts you can follow tony at NBA, me at free madam five that is all for his locked on pacers podcast. we'll see you guys again